That's a Shame is brought to you by the people who support us over at patreon.com slash shamecity. If you have a dollar, two dollars, a dollar to spare, join us again at patreon.com slash shamecity, please. Hello and welcome Sweet. to episode one. <laughs> the audio test did um, not afford for this. Aha, Declan, I've got to say, it's not only is it going to be a great show, but this one's going out to the gamers out there. <laughs> Let's get a hand for the gamers. Why, why to, is it going to them? They need something. The world's against them, the gamers. Oh, they still. rise up over here, they rise up over there, and lo and, and what, behold... What are they rising up against at the moment? Is it um, inequality? They? In a way, Is yes. it uh, fairness, representation? Uh, absolutely it is. Too much wow. of all of those. Oh, too, the gamers. too much. But I mean, our media that we've got it these must, days... I mean, the, the only game that I play, yep. FIFA, uh-huh. there's, you know, minorities of all sorts mm. all over the gap. Not, not and a lot of women. that you as a gamer. Not a lot of women. Uh-huh. Not a lot of gay people. So that's no trans the gamer people. column. Oh, no, I'm thinking there's negatives, but I'm saying racially it's very diverse. God, you just don't get gamers, and that's the problem with people like you. What about... The liberal elite, may I say, living here in your ivory tower on floor four of Northwest London's Mm. hottest destination. I've never been accused of being the elite (laughs) of very much at all. You just don't know what it's like for us... Stuck in our game. Are you a gamer? Closet. Of course, I'm. Oh. I'm a lead gamer. Are you I'm, I'm, up there? You have you not heard me rising up Top in my echelon. room? Did you not know what that was? No, well, I, I thought it was a rising accident. up of a different sort. <laughs> but I was having a great big vomit. Oh, okay, it's the parliamentary election. I thought the TV had gone mad. Oh no. Um, oh, and it's uh, the racists of one. Oh, great news. Great. Well That's done, the racists. Exclusive well <laughs> TAS update there. God, it's going to be a good episode, though, isn't it? And I do want to stress this: it is for the gamers. For the gamers, by the gamers. I, yeah, well, by a game, I can't. No, no, no. To be, you am can. I? You are. Am I? Am you're I absolutely, enough I've of seen, a Smash Pro? I've seen you on Wii Fit Trainer. You've seen me screaming at the television. Yeah, you and kick that's up the a sort storm. Of passion <laughs> that can only come from being a true, a true gamer. How's it going, Declan? Uh, uh, generally or gaming wise? Yes, both. Fine. Yeah, both all right. Uh-huh. Both been worse. Trundling on on the Great Path better. Avenue of Life. Oh, of course. Yeah. Ever. Next stop. Uh, interview. I've got a job interview. No way. I know. Imagine. That's crazy. For a real sort of job. Mm. Well, a real job out. It's still not a real job. No, well, what is a real job these days? Uh, normally one that involves a kind of either being a vlogger. Yeah. Or some sort of administrative duties that don't need to be there. Have you had a go at being a vlogger? Because I really think now's the time. I just... I've been... I've been studying the landscape, the media landscape. Yeah. That's or you, you think, probably heard me doing that in my room as well. Yeah, well, always. Um, and sometimes I'll go, "Wow, opportunity!" And that's when I've found like a gap in the market. Oh, right. And there's a gap often in the market those are filled for, very quickly for vloggage. Is there? There's a, not just vloggage because that's quite saturated overall, but there's a particular, I suppose, oeuvre of vlogger that I, I just don't. The white male quite voice. Absolutely. <laughs> Under gamer high five. 
Absolutely wow. good. Incredible. I think you you've got something there. I can see you walking down New Bond Street holding your phone at your own face and just just giving them the truth straight from your mouth. What would I give the truth about though? Oh, what wouldn't you give the truth about? You'd be calling them out left, right and center, wouldn't you? Oh, fantastic. The the authorities, the establishment. The fucking oh, the don't man, get me started as they on call the it. man. Well, they're obviously not all men. No, no, no. no. We just we no, should stress we really need to not all men. Yeah. Um so I that's hear, a maybe, the vlogging. Here's something that I want someone to tell me straight. Okay, I'll do it. You know the whole, like, tell it to me straight. Yeah, like a pear cider. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I want from that. Today I came home. Uh-huh. Hadn't been in the flat. I'd been out of the flat. And uh-huh. I came home and a friend and flatmate, Mark, uh-huh. was here. Yeah. The curtains were drawn. Okay. Uh, as they usually are. Well, it's solemn. It's a solemn exactly. atmosphere. I try and Reverential. Yes, it's exalted. But... It, you know, it was a reasonably nice day today, so I thought, let in a little bit of light. It was hot as fuck. Open the door, because it is way too warm, yeah. and I need to cool down. Uh-huh. So I opened the curtains. Vlogging at the time? No, sadly Preparing not. I wish. So you're I wish, because then I'd have caught this moment live. Um, what happened was I pulled back the curtains, and we live on the fourth floor. I mentioned. The top floor, yeah. penthouse. Yeah, it is pretty... It doesn't... They didn't sell it as a penthouse. No, but and indeed, just, we haven't bought it. By definition. Too poor. But it, it wasn't rented out as the penthouse. But no. I guess we think of it as... And yeah. it's a corner flat. Is that? I hear Cor- that's good. Corner top floor flat. When you go what to a hotel, want? the big suite's often in the Always corner because you get corner. that double... The view. idea of a, the corner office. God, yeah. This is our corner office this that we're in even right now. now. Yeah. And I'm going to open that. Window. Oh, it's much too depressing. Oh, very close that again. And that's why we keep them shut. So this morning I went against that rule and I opened them. And uh-huh. there on the balcony was, yep. face down... A piece of post. A, a piece of post, a P-O-P. A piece of post. Yeah, a pop, a letter, if you will. Okay. White envelope. Uh, and it was just sort of sat there quite actually neatly. Yeah, very neatly. I on the, um, at right angles to everything, yeah. on the balcony. Um, now, I, you normally deal with the post because you have the post key yeah. to the post well, box, I, I which is in I'm, reception. I'm kind of the postmaster for, General. The, for the building. Yeah. Right. Um, now, do you normally collect the post from the balcony? I have been collecting the post for 18, 19 months now, yeah. and only uh, only zero times has it been from the balcony. Oh, okay. I'll tell you where it's mostly from. Um, it's the post box. Now, that does make sense. That's a logical. And that's downstairs, and our lovely postman. And it's at the front of the building. It's at the front, it's by the door, because what they do is the postman drives up in his big red van. He'll unload, presumably, all the cats and stuff that he's brought with him and then find our, our or someone else's post fairly regularly. And then he'll just shove it right in because we don't want to make it... Think how much effort it would be to climb up to pop it the on interior the balcony, exactly. balcony. You'd have to break into the complex and then climb Scale four, four floors. And I've met the man. He's very dexterous, and he has seen me shirtless more times than most people have <laughs> in my life when he comes a knock-knock-knocking to talk about the bell. In the morning. Very morning. in the morning. Um, but he... I, I don't want to put him down, but I don't think he's got that kind of physique. Exactly. And so... Maybe floor three he could balcony <sighs> deliver. But they've got a big net over there. <sighs> they've, so be, they've had too many... Too many postmen. <laughs> they've had too many of my amoebas flung <laughs> right down their balcony. So what I'm worried about is the fact that the... Um, the post box is at the front yeah. of the building on the bottom floor. The very, the and, ground floor. Yeah, and our uh, balcony is at the back of the building. It's kind of diagonally opposite. Yeah, it's about as far away from our post box as it is could be. the furthest point in the building away from the post box. Yeah, and yet that's where the post 
was. Yeah, it did end up there. Um, but just the one post. Just is. the one piece of post. And importantly, not ours. <laughs> it's for flat one. It's for flat number one, which is on floor number one. Yeah. Not on Closer floor. Closer again. Not on the... floor four. Um, and troublingly, I, th- I mean, but here's the thing is that it's not random hmm. because we're flat 13, are we not? Yeah, I've, I've taken And it was four, flat one, yeah. three, Guardian Avenue. Yeah. Which is our address. Which is our address. Don't, well, that's don't not. send us anything bad. Okay. <laughs> that's flat one's address. Yeah, true. Um, um, so there was a sense that it had been placed. The whole scene, if Poirot had walked in, he would have he would have been hard as a rock for, for solving immediately. Mm. And that would have been really clear to Hastings and Miss Lemon and anyone else. They kind of have to look embarrassedly away and just be like, oh, it's a continental thing, <laughs> ejaculated Hastings. Um, but his immediate reaction, and I know this because... My gamer handle has been Poirot 07 since 2007, mm. which is that or years uh, Zeus, yeah. who of course knows everything anyway. He, yeah, he's less of a solver, he's more of a kind of brute force, yeah, just knows it <laughs> omnipotently anyway. Um, omnisciently, he would have come out old Poirot with his perfectly quaffed tash, looked at that piece of post, and said, Randomness, I don't think so. And though that is a line from one of the unpublished Agatha Christie's Poirot and the Randomness. Balcony, the Balcony Mischief. Uh, and the, uh, not brackets, balcony, not what you think. The Balcony Post Pervert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pervert in a different, it meant a different thing back in the yeah, day. Yeah, it just like meant the word queer. generic sex criminal. Yeah, absolutely. So we were just throwing it out there for the listenership. Tass at shame.city. If, if anyone Why has... have you done this? Yeah, Tass? if anyone has any ideas or if anyone would like to uh, confess... Yeah, I don't... We haven't really stressed that it's particularly weird. It's placed like... This is one of those cultural references that no one else has. I'll probably post a, the picture on yeah, the, the Twitter. But there was the programme on the uh, the television, which is kind of a pre-gamer's the... computer device back in the day. Oh, I um, Called something like... How did you control like... Uh, you just, I think, shout at it, and it okay, basically cool. does. If, if I'm good, actually. I, I could. Um, it was called something like, there's a, a murderer, maybe a bit catchier name than that. And it was like Big Brother, but one of them would be murdered every week. Right. And it was real people. And obviously the murders actually getting were, murdered. <laughs> were less real. Yeah. But the person, it would be like scary for the person who was being murdered. They were like kidnapped from the program. And one of the lasting images that's really seeped into my being is that whenever it was kind of randomly done which i think is quite clever it wasn't like every friday we have to vote someone out it was like it could be at any time in the next couple of weeks and the only way they'd find out is in the morning it was this really beautiful house in the middle of nowhere like very modern landscape lots of chrome and glass and there was i think a button that opened the blinds so they would have like a shot a bit like paranormal activity from the corner, like CCTV yeah. of someone like waking up, coming down to their dressing room. They'd press the button for the blinds and written in giant bloody letters would be like coming out to play or something like that. <laughs> and they would every time, even though obviously they've, they've got to know that was a possibility. Yeah. It would just, they would fucking yeah, freak, freak out. out, start squawking around. Yeah. It does feel like, I mean, admittedly a slightly subtler, yeah, but, but no less creepy on the, on the trajectory. Yeah. Like today post tomorrow. Blood. The idea of anyone having been on our balcony from outside the flat is Naked actually very well. horrible. 
so as not to leave any clothing residue. But lots of skin. Well, they know that the skin, you'd never be able to charge. That skin would not be admissible in court because this is an <laughs> you external You seem to know a lot balcony. about I've, uh, nude well, I've, trespassing <laughs> and I'm what can and cannot be legal field prosecuted. At the moment. And these things come up more than you'd think. <laughs> but yeah, the skin, it can float up from maybe floor two. I know they've got a lot of skin on floor uh, It's all like flapping about. It's very loose, isn't it? It's kind of mm, desiccated. Yeah. Like a, a, a condition almost. And I have sent down some E45 to help that out. But the point is it was placed. It was done in such a way, like when I go to my grandma's and I leave weird things around to freak out my psychopath uncle when he returns, such as... Uh, I'm trying to instill in... He is actually... I don't know if I've ever talked about him before, but he's mental, like he's also like a criminal. Yeah. Um, so I do things like I will leave in the room that I know he's going to sleep in. I'll leave a few mirrors that like point at each other and then at like a post-it note. But also the first one will be plainly visible when you open the door. There's like a theatricality right. to it mm. that Patrick Jane, the mentalist was always really a big fan of with and Red John. That big, again is another of your circle. It's another person I identify with mm. uh in a another big, of your online handles. A big well. way, absolutely it is. So we're being targeted. He was a bit of a prick, out. the mentalist. No, he was a lovely guy. He oh, quite broadly hated. No, no one hated him at all. No. I, I think you're confusing him with you, uh, you anyone else. Did you uh yeah, oh, okay okay sure. Yeah, yeah he was a great guy. His family had been killed. It was a it was quite sad. I, yeah. It's quite disrespectful that you Bring that up, actually. Oh, you can be a, a cunt and a victim. You can't. You can't. Oh, can you not? No, that's <laughs> okay. blaming. Thank you for checking. Um, it, so I would like to say that I do think it was actually his fault in the show as well. It was. That's true. Murdered. He yeah. went on a talk show, talk show <laughs> pretended yeah. to psychically so, uh, identify uh, Whilst it is victim blaming, it is also correct. Well, I suppose sometimes life you don't, throws those two together. Yeah, I'm not saying this is a broadly applicable... Uh, it's really Stunts. weird that on our Gamer Special, you've devoted t- 28 minutes of it to attacking to... TV's Patrick Jane, played by Simon Baker, the yeah. Australian man. But that's something for you to think about. And something for you to think about, and I turned my head now to the phone, wherein live the listeners, virtually speaking, mm-hmm. is why, oh, why, on God's green earth, would someone climb crawl either up four floors or down from the or roof up five and down one from the roof oh, sick isn't it and Disgusting. place one piece of post have you opened the post i know that's a no. crime that you shouldn't admit no to. i think it's medical post but what if it's like they've been dead for 20 years and they're called something like decal de lune and it's oh, well, they a weren't. message that sounds racist <laughs> number one they weren't number two and number three i'll probably take it down tomorrow to their after house. you've opened it and had a yeah well, you should, when you hand it to them, I think you're going to have to be prepared to... Explain why no, the, no, no. the entirety of the Absolutely situation. Absolutely not. You've got the wrong end of the stick. Oh, I'm mate. saying you go in hard and accusatory. Suss it out. Yeah, you need to... You don't... You know that thing you can do where if you hand someone something... What'd you put this post <laughs> on my balcony no, for, what bitch? I'm thinking is, you know when you're talking to someone, you can like hand them things, and as long as you carry on talking, they won't realise that yeah. you're handing them things and they'll just take stuff. I think if you could summon a confidence as you walk down our stairs, because our lift's broken, which only adds to the challenge of cutting up here. Oh, it's not the lift, it's our button. True, true, lift. true. Um, if you could summon the confidence to when knock, knock, knock on the door, you're holding the piece of post. As soon as they open it, you're in the house 
and you're searching every room but in an affable kind of like oh lovely place you've here's the post lovely place you've got here like really you'd have to okay. keep them very it'd be like juggling a lot of balls hmm. you've got to keep them off their guard now, slightly off center you know you're allowed one phone call when you go to prison uh-huh, do I'm, you think that we could like ring her that episode uh yeah i think that'd be yeah fun. that'd be fine yeah, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. cool cool I, I don't see you being arrested for that though because it oh, does no, come do. down to the i nearly got arrested well, for jaywalking so. <laughs> that's um, true we've got a feature i've brought a feature yeah oh yeah yeah oh yeah i can see that yeah no well you see what i thought was over the last sort of three episodes what the listeners have had is a lot of um make believe uh-huh uh, very little grounded in reality, like the Imagiporium. Well, the Imagiporium was a product of reality. Uh, Let's no. not forget. No, it was. It comes it was, from a very real place, and then it asks us to dare to dream. What would it be like if Amoeba had the horn? Yeah, and we put that one to bed. Yeah, and I thought, in every sense, I the thought time. they maybe deserved a break from that. Just a small light and shade. Is, you, you said deserve, but that too made much it sound of like, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've That's, swung that back around. That is what I and the listeners agreed on uh-huh. as the way to tell you. Okay, thought it might cool. be the most. No, receptive. no, it's fine. It's fine. I know um, you can't always have a gold week. I've got a cups special, mm. and this is special because we have more cups than ever before. Yeah, there I, are not one orange, two blue, or three Green. cups here. There's. Bonus pink. God damn cups. Yeah. And in each which, of them, you said each of them represents a different uh, aspect of your life as a gamer. Uh, no, you said that just now. No, no, I, I didn't. I, was, I did no, say I just think, now, but I was yeah, repeating yeah. it for you. Because what, no, because what I did you say the, the pink one was? That was my gay. Okay, that's the G-A-Y gamer. Yeah. Right, nice. That's where I played. The green, that was for... Because you like what xbox is no or... i'm just a very envious person okay and then the light blue that's quite a beautiful depression blue. okay it's not what i would have thought because it's mm-hmm. quite a normal yeah, no, darker blue but it's depression tinged with silver linings no oh, okay it's actually much worse yeah and then the orange the, the real ginger game hair oh, ginger that's hair. lovely that yeah. you prepared for <clears throat> is that the whole feature or is the that's it yeah thanks cool. very well, much for listening everyone. Um, what it is is this week it was announced that Dear Mr. Robert Pattinson, yes. off of the Twilight Saga, mm. off of playing a vampire, off of didn't like being in the Twilight Saga. Yeah. Um, Despite the fact that the first Twilight film is fine. I'm going to put that on the record. Okay. Well, it's a good film. If you, it's not. It's the best film ever made. <laughs> it's the Casablanca of the modern age. We stand. The OG I think go back and watch Twilight. It's fine. It's, it's very fine. Good soundtrack. No. It's good. Nicely made. Great. There's a scene I'd where watch they, it now. There's a scene where they play baseball to Muse's supermassive black hole. Hot. Every, every film should have that. And every oh. film, in fact, does. <laughs> if you know where to look. Citizen Kane. <laughs> the, the finest moment in the film. <laughs> um, so what I thought is, like, that, that was a, uh, a casting that came out of the blue. It wasn't necessarily bad casting, by no, any I means. I think it's good. Um, but it uh, took some people by surprise. Yeah. Not everyone has reacted positively. No. Well, and they it, thought he was still playing Cedric Diggory. And it's a bit left field. Mm-hmm. Um, and it comes as we're in a year in which there will be released, I believe, a Martin Scorsese-directed Joker movie yes. starring Mr. Phoenix. Yeah, that is unusual. Um, it which, looks good, though, doesn't it? It looks very good. But, it again, kind of, if you'd said five years ago that that was going to be a film i don't think people would have, have been believed as a witch you. well yes exactly um, and not for your prescience no, but indeed for, for your being sacrilege a horrid witch yes 
Um, so what I thought I'd do is, you know, we like to try and stay ahead of the curve here. Uh-huh. That's a shame. We don't like to be left behind. We think of ourselves, you certainly, you're like an early adopter. Yeah, I am. Um, I sometimes adopt too early is my problem. Yeah. Um, at the kind of preconception stage where really what you're left with is just a bag of electronics. Yeah. And, and then broken it promises. turns out that you, and nothing ever comes of it. And you've just still even, got those electronics. Yeah, that cost you a lot of money. Um, but I agree with the sentiment that TAS, we are, we're tastemakers, I think is the thing. Exactly. So what I thought is that there's no way that uh, either of those films was the product of any kind of uh, genuine decision-making process. Uh-huh. I'm fairly certain it was kind of darts thrown at various ideas that were just in the idea sphere, sure. in the blue sky of the said thinking. Yeah. Um, and so what I thought is we could use a similar process to try and pick mm. what's going to be coming coming up okay so it's a prediction it's a prediction and then we're going to have to flesh the idea out ourselves yeah so that if it then does get made well we, we can, can sue them. them to sue them yeah, yeah exactly well we will sue them well yeah absolutely whether will. they come up with the idea or not i'm will starting be. litigation tomorrow <laughs> i don't know against who so as, Pattinson? as ever with the cups yep. we have a template sentence okay and this week it is breaking <laughs> news breaking new sound colon yeah blank has just been cast as blank in blank's upcoming blank. Bloody hell, there's so many blanks. Oh, yeah. I don't know what to do with myself. So each one refers to thus, and the cups are in order in okay. order to fit that. Breaking news, said actor uh-huh. has just been cast as a this character. character in this director's upcoming, and then a, a genre. Oh, a genre. A genre. Oh, so of not a film. specific film. No, a genre of mm. film. Because sometimes you you characters get shoehorned into a particular franchise, like and the then... Joker in a rom com. It sounds bad, and it would be bad. Mm. So that's an easy solve. And yet, it's always a possibility, uh-huh. and it depends on the casting and the director. That's really true. So I thought you may as well. Is it a team thing? Though? Are we picking like well, one each collaborative? Oh uh, yeah. Well, you. We, I said we're like we'll take it in turns to pick them out because it's always fun to just do the lucky dip. But yeah, we'll chat course. about it together. Okay, it's not cool. a test. So I'm going to go. There for are the... no wrong. Well, no, there are no right answers. Right. That's good to know. Breaking news. Christopher Walken. Ah. Do your impression. No, you love to, I won't. Oh, you love to do that. <laughs> Don't do you it. Said you said you were going to do it. I didn't because you didn't know he was even uh, in the car. Fuck. So go on. Oh, Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> It's the worst thing when people do their yeah, Christopher, I don't like Christopher impressions. impressions. I can do an all right one, actually. I'm not going to. But uh, just let it be known <laughs> that's that cool. oh, it's, okay. it's subtle. It's not what you'd expect. Because a lot of people it's are not like, a comedy oh, Christopher Walken. Oh, but he doesn't do that as much as you'd think. No. And in fact, it's often a down beat yeah. a down inflection that really gets to the heart of the walk i feel like you've you've distracted breaking news christopher walken has just been wouldn't you like to pick no, no, this go on. One? these ones are yours has just been cast as oh, about 10 different people come out mother Teresa. wow goodness Bold that's innovative. So, in someone's upcoming and that someone is spike lee's <laughs> wow spike lee joint upcoming da 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 Action thriller. Well, that bit checks out. <laughs> yeah, that's come on. The, so when I look at these four that I've arranged, I think you'll agree very In nicely order. on the coaster. Yep. Now, do I you want to just read again? So breaking news. Christopher, Christopher Walken has been cast as Mother Teresa in Spike Lee's upcoming action thriller. And perhaps we'll come up with a name towards the end. Yeah, That possibly, could be the yeah. cap. Okay. Um, when I look at them like this, I start to see 
uh, as I see most things in the world, those red lines form between mm-hmm. very disparate connections. And I look at Christopher Walken action thriller, those two, that's a match made in heaven. He's in that film about time, where there's a time thief, and he loves to chase the time thief. He's, of course, in a James Bond film. Yes, yeah, so he plays He's in a view uh, to the kill. horrid, tall, evil man. Mm, he has now, a blimp. Spike Lee, an action thriller... That's a difficult combination because there's there's not generally a lot of political uh, content in the action thriller genre. No, they're often based in a political sphere, mm. but without any actual politics because apart you don't have money from, in the waters. Apart from a kind of tacit endorsement of a very militaristic... Yeah, of imperialism and torture, cons- wherever it may be needed. Which brings me to Mother Teresa, mm. where I think that MT and action thriller, that was... That's a horse and marriage. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Just made for each other, those bedfellows. Now, this is the second episode in a row where we've had people marrying animals is it? mentioned. Interesting. So. so that can be a part of the film. Maybe. Okay. All Mother right. Teresa. Well, I don't know if she did marry an animal. I assume I assume we'd have heard if, I if she think, hadn't. I don't think that she did. But she could have done. Yeah. And that can be the source of a lot of both action and thrills. Oh, you God won't believe it. <laughs> so, now, what about um, Christopher Walken and Spike Lee? Now, Spike Lee, mm. uh, quite famed for being a progressive director, yep. one who likes to cast to discover yep. new uh, minority ethnic talent. Yeah, such as Christopher Walken, you're saying. Oh, well, he is an old white man and and don't forget very rich and already successful well yes exactly so i think so, spike, so why do you think spike has kind of well spiked his own rules thank you for asking i think it was a dare oh and I, I think i from, remember reading a tweet thread that said um it was something to do with christopher walken was on a night out in york funnily enough and he went to cuda where uh, God, Paul, you used to love Cuda. Paul Bailey Haig was DJing, of course. PBH. Of course. PBH with the hands in the air voice. And um, long story short, Spike Lee cast him as Mother Teresa. So well, it's he just, cast Paul Bailey Haig as Mother yeah. Teresa. <laughs> PBH couldn't do it. And he said, you know My what? My buddy CW. <laughs> C. Walks stepped in to fill that void. I see. Okay. So... Um, I think, yeah, that's how, I think I remember that. Well, it was the point, I guess. I'm, it's I'm definitely been deleted. Yeah, it has been deleted because it was kind of too close to, to the bone, to the mm. truth for any of those actors to, to, I, I include Paul Bailey Haig as an actor well, of in this, in the same sentence. He's an actor in the narrative Walken. of this, yeah, exactly. of this film coming to, it was to, to fruition. too true to be allowed. Right. Um, and in the same way, I think, this idea of truth and, and duplicity could be a real theme that Walken and Lee tie tie their, what's mm. the expression, their horse to. You're obsessed <laughs> with the horse today. Just a <laughs> the big horse dog. Horse. Yeah. Um, now, something that I haven't you know, specified or isn't specified in the, the prompt, uh-huh. but you seem to have taken uh, upon yourself to assume, is that um, Walken is the lead, that Mother Teresa is the, uh, the kind of, focus of of the film yeah yeah, um, yeah and is that the case for this one it is the case it is the case it's um but it's not necessarily the way you'd think she's not is she a protagonist she's what i'm gonna call a kind of ambivalent narrator 
figure mm. where the action takes place through the lens of Mother Teresa as so many actions like do. Um, F. Murray Abraham in Grand Budapest it's exactly like that it, down to the very costume aesthetic in fact he, we're going to replace <laughs> <laughs> I think Mother Teresa is narrating a film about her being assassinated but it's all different stages of Mother Teresa's life, and Walken only plays the final incarnation. Oh, I see. So we start with a baby MT when she was called Baby Teresa back in those days, and Incredible. Mother Teresa was her her parent, her, her mother, mother figure, played by John Travolta. Ah, reuniting the hairspray, from magic. hairspray. Yeah, yeah. He's doing. He's in the same costume. He's doing that same. He's doing the same voice. Where the O's, they get very flat, and you do wonder where it's from. That voice, but I love to listen to it. And he'll do that bit. Um, I haven't cleared it with the script editor, but I do want to get in that. Hey Tracy, hey Tracy, look at me. I'm the cutest chicky that you ever did see. Moment in what's his name's hefty hideaway because that's vintage Travolta and it's the kind of thing that a young Mother Teresa would have seen Mm -hmm. and thought wow that's what it means to be a mother and that's perhaps the origin story of the name now uh, that character I remember part of their story arc was um, them coming to terms with their own size with their own weight absolutely Um, now Mother Teresa as far as I remember was always a rather frail and skinny figure was she always that's what I'm saying is that peel back the layers is that the initial yeah oh my goodness she was um, she was brought up in a family where it was normal to gorge (laughs) (laughs) I see yeah and that is why she denied patients in her hospital's medicine. It's exactly oh. right. Um, it's really great. It's really why they did, reassuring well, yeah, why to me she wouldn't give you, them painkillers. It's, it's great to me that you can already trace those links for that's yourself it, and that fantastic. I don't have to spell them out because this is obviously an intellectual movie. This isn't going to just grab the audience by the hand and lead them softly down the garden path to MT's death. This is a film where a great deal of the scenes well, <laughs> appear to have no internal or external oh. logic governing their order, their wow. contents, or even even the very words spoken within them. <laughs> and um, it will be up to the audience to just piece it together. And now I don't want to be like egregious with the number of cups that we had, but do you have anyone in mind to write? Or is it going to be, a, again, a collaborative... We get a different writer for each section. We slam it together. I think that's a really Much nice like idea. some of our own yeah. <laughs> written No, I think work. that's nice because I think we want to bring... It should be an anthology movie then. Yeah, a bit like that Bob Dylan one. Yeah, but better than that. Well, obviously. Yeah, in the sense that we're going to get an age-appropriate writer to write for each age of Mother Teresa's life. Ah. A baby for the baby scenes. And those will be particularly hard to follow. A very, very old person... <laughs> For the very, very old Mother Teresa scenes, mm. and those will probably be some of the most boring moments committed what to if, cinema. What if we get the actor themselves playing Teresa in that part of their life to write that section? I worry that we'd be accused then of a kind of nepotism because you mm. you can't fuck around. With I don't the think the WGA guild. are gonna yeah. <laughs> take. They will take, strike. They'll get another the drop of a hat. They'll and get we'll another have a Twitter three on our yeah, okay, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. One question for you, because um, obviously this is fleshed out to to a really high extent. Frightening. To a very fleshy extent. Um, and that fleshy could be something we latch onto in the title. The action thriller is not traditionally uh, a, so avant-garde a structural piece as we're proposing. How do we ensure that the constant battle between Mother Teresa and forces unknown 
carries through in each age of her life without losing the momentum in say some of the boring like in her 20s like late 20s what was she even about? I just, I'm just going to interrupt you there and I'm going to say it's a CGI devil in the background of every scene mm-hmm. when you say the background is it like a Billy's Beacon what I meant was what I meant, the what I meant was the foreground oh okay was I meant like right like over the top uh, yeah but no more like you know on American TV yeah. when sometimes it'll be like up next is gonna be and there's like a little video yes, of them like folded arms and then like turning or maybe they're doing like finger guns and he's just there the whole time I'm getting a really strong I don't know where this is coming from but also we could just advertise there as well and make a bit more revenue well we of course we'll do that we'll have the devil say things like Buy he's wearing a Taco Bell t-shirt I'm thinking we haven't heard from her in a while. I, I can't imagine she's busy. Joss Stone as the devil. Now, traditionally a singer, of course. Hmm. Um, but obviously desperate to branch out into cinema when she hears that Walken's attached. They're yep. to Spike Lee joint. And she's always wanted to be in a Spike well, Lee movie, but that's what... Has been ham, the bit. hamstrung. She's made her own version of by doing his, the right thing. If I, if I may say offensive. so, by his uh, racist approach to casting. Mm. Is that what you... Well, the gamers have been saying, you know, because have it's they? like... Well, it's like when they took The Witcher, yeah. um, or as we call it, The Whiter, oh. and <laughs> they've only gone and made some of the characters not white. It's mad. Well, that that's discrimination. Well, it's Netflix. They, they've gone mad. Yes. And that's why I boycott Well, they're you know. SJW... Yeah, well, of course they are. Yeah, I call it conflict. Spike, he's like the head of that. Is he a... Because like, a I, I'm pr- I, I mean, I don't have any evidence, but I'm pretty sure that uh, BAME people are massively overrepresented in, in film cinema. Anyway, I think, yeah. Um, and, and indeed in all walks of life. I'll, I'll probably, I'll take your word for it. I haven't, I haven't got the data to have. No, I haven't either. I don't. As a I gamer, it I didn't see like any, but I'm pretty sure anyway. from what I've from what I've like watched. Well, if you're confirming that's the case, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's really yeah. That meshes with my experience. Yeah. Um, Spike Lee has a very interesting sense of musicality in his films. I was just thinking back to Radio Rahim in the excellent "Do the Right Thing," carrying that boombox around. I think Public Enemy feature quite heavily. Mm-hmm. Um. Joss Stone soundtrack is going to be part of her rider, and how is how is that going to kind of fit into the Lee verse musically, sonically speaking? Because um, well, what songs does she have? Take me through some of those. No, well, she'd be writing original, oh, original material, yeah, yeah. all about, all from the perspective of Mother Teresa. No, from the perspective of the devil watching who she Mother plays. Teresa as a baby, as an adolescent, yeah, as a twenty-seven-year-old. That seems Good. like a suitably. Yeah ambiguous age like then I think we jump to late 60s I think we jump to the grave okay yeah yeah. yeah, and then it's a kind of her watching what could have been when she's watching the film of her life back it's cool that we've got like it's framed as Walken looking back yeah and but then it's Walken looking back through the eyes of the devil fuck Mother Teresa looking through the eyes of the devil at Mother Teresa so we're playing with that unreliable narrator convention very because like Walken loves that as well he's big on that like the gold watch from uh, Pulp Fiction that monologue is I think basically the the blueprints for his performance in this film and um, no more unreliable than his his mouse hunt performance where he tells us he's eating mouse shit and well and he was he is <laughs> but because it was done in the confines of a feature film you assume oh it's probably a raisin but no Walken was devouring fecal he, mouse he's a matter. famous method actor yeah whether that method is now if they <clears throat> trained that mouse <laughs> to shit on cue in, in the in your toilet you, you would know, you 
You would know. You, you would know. know. Okay, cool. I just Don't be to silly. That's a scale no, problem. I'm just, okay. If you blew up a mouse, <laughs> honey, I blew up the kid's style to the size of a man and asked it to go to town in the porcelain pot. All bets are off. <laughs> Anyone's could be game. Anything. Could be anything by anyone. So I suppose all that's left here really is, uh, have you had any ideas of what you want to call this movie? <sighs> Thank you for throwing that over to me because I was very ready to answer. I think... When we come to titling it, and obviously we'll have to go through the usual like test focus focus groups, test audiences and all of that. For whatever reason, I think we should not shy away from the idea that this is an ambitious and avant-garde piece at its core. Obviously. And that's why I think it has to be in French, the title. Okay, well that is your your oeuvre. So, yeah, we don't say oeuvre in French there, and that's actually a hate crime that you've done against no, the film No, project. that is what they say. I'm thinking it's got to be something like un film de Thérèse, uh, colon, and I don't know the word for colon in French, so we're going to say colon, um, and then in English, I guess it would be Teresa's Tea Time Troubles, uh, which in French is untranslatable. <laughs> and that's just one of the hurdles. So we'll how have to, we'll, okay, yeah, yeah. we'll have to... We'll just pop a cedilla under something and then that'll be yeah. that. Well, all of the letters. The more, the merrier. It's just a big off. hiss. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it. Wow, incredible. On film the Mother Teresa, Teresa's Tea Time Troubles. Coming, what year? 2021? Yeah. Quick turnaround. Well, it's mostly an indie project as well. Well, obviously, like, Spike hasn't got the budget. Breaking news! <laughs> <laughs> Imelda Staunton. Oh, hello. Here we go, you see. Goodness, okay. My mind's already reeling with possibility. Has just been cast as... Yep. At Bigfoot. Wow. That's novel. Yeah, that, I mean... Because she's one of the smallest people I've ever seen. That's one of the, like, filmic glass ceilings as well, isn't it? To play Bigfoot. Yeah, well, it is, yeah. Um, in Stanley Kubrick's... Oh. Upcoming... Now, I've got some questions about Don't that. Don't Hold on to them for now. In Stanley Kubrick's upcoming slapstick comedy. Wow, okay. that's There's a lot going on, but at the same time, I basically have no queries about this project. It seems Good. to me an almost, to make total sense. an almost too well realized. Obvious. Yeah, because as soon as you say Imelda, you're. You think big. You think huge. You think, feet. You think presence. And who has more presence than the, the abominable Yeti? Yeah, like slinking away into the forest in that footage we already have of him. Yeah, well, we've got um, more footage than you'd think, but less than you'd hope for, I yeah. suppose. And that's the sweet spot where Imelda lies as well, because as a primarily theatre actor, um, you very rarely get any lasting memories of her performances. And that can be something we play with, that ambiguity, the cryptozoology yeah, and outside, of Imelda Staunton. Outside of uh, theatre, she's not a huge leading lady. Mm. You know, you don't consider Dolores Umbridge a lead. No, interesting. Uh, an antagonist, a primary antagonist. I suppose perhaps. it wasn't called Dolores Umbridge's attack uh, on the Order of the Phoenix. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, so this is you know novel. Um, it it will be uh, a mixture of both motion capture and just practical makeup effects. Okay. Why the mixture? Why do we? Need... It brings a realism to it. Oh, does it? Because at what first helped... glance, I would have thought it would completely undermine both no, of them individually. No, that's, that was the mistake they made with the all the new Jurassic World films. So there's barely any practical effects. It's all just CG. And Imelda's like, not in any of them. Well, yeah, that was another yeah, mistake. She didn't play a part. single fucking dragon. Single dinosaur, single, like, plant maybe in she's the background. Picky. She's picky, isn't yeah. she, about her roles. And I hear that she and Spielberg don't 
They don't see eye to eye after. Well, we needn't mention <laughs> some real bad blood there. Um, but the you know the original certainly uh-huh. uh, is blessed by this mixture of the practical and the CG effects. And I think that that's what they're going to do. They're going to get a bit of motion capture. They've already got Circus on board to train her. He wanted to play Bigfoot himself. But right. they said, you just don't have the range. You can play the snow, maybe, and some of the trees. He's going to play the abominable snowman uh-huh. in a sort of deleted scene. Like they've already decided it will be deleted. Okay, that's quite good, because I don't think he cares about whether the films see the light today. He just loves, he wearing, just, yeah, he loves just, to wear the pink. He just likes to stick them all over himself. He loves to wear the suit and, um, and go broadly underlooked. He likes living in a completely green room. Is Andy Serkis the Anthony Daniels of the modern age? I've got an answer to this. Okay. And my answer is no. But my family, for whatever reason, have really taken against Andy Serkis as a concept. I think when Lord of the Rings first came out and he was, uh, he played the horrible freak lizard man Gollum, you may remember. I don't recall. He looks like if, um, if a pebble grew too many appendages, a lot of slime and three lanky hair strips. And he said... You shall not pass. That's him. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. him. Um, and then he bites uh, Saruman's finger off. I think that's how it happens. But I think around that time there must have been some like new. I guess Andy Serkis was on the news circuits a lot, promoting the film because they were big films, Lord of the Rings, weren't they? In every sense of the term. Um, and for whatever reason, I think there's a whole generation of people who really got the hump with him, who thought that he his contribution to cinema was less than perhaps he thought it was. Because he is, is playing Gollum. Like yeah. every move Gollum does, Andy did. But at the same time, artists did also... He literally bit several cast members' fingers yeah. clean off. Absolutely. Well, and they will not work with him anymore. <laughs> not willingly, at least. But equity contracts I can be a so. real bastard to get out of. So no, for me, he's not. Whereas Anthony Daniels, well, talk to me about him. You see him as a, a kind of Olivier figure. An idol. Yeah, the C-3PO that we deserved. Uh, and that we uh, rightly were blessed with. Yeah. Well, the films would be nothing without him. No. Well, th- that's it. Like, he makes or breaks them. Yeah. And when the films are good, it's because C-3PO is good. Yeah. And when the films are bad, it's because they have really, like, shafted his part and he hasn't been able to work his magic on them. They got... Uh, I mean, he's just so funny. He, <laughs> he, well, he speaks so he many languages. cracks me up. And have you seen when he walks all funny as well like he walks like oh no it's no, like a man actually yeah, no, but his ma- joints are a bit stiff no you mentioned it yeah the it, physical it's quite performance funny. Oh. is off the you charts. see it's layers every time you watch it there's something new that you there is there's more and more to enjoy about uh, I call him 3PO because I, I kind of see him as an old I friend I just call him okay that's an interesting one mm. up there um, so Anthony Daniels is going to be in sometimes I just go you know at Oh yeah, I do yeah. know him. The gold, the gold Robo lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah him. Friends with the round Robo bin. Yeah, absolutely. So we've got Staunton, we've got Circus, we've got Anthony Daniels playing C three PO. What is the setting where all these three elements can join? Well, I'm thinking that this is a, a film that's going to hark back to the real, uh, almost pre-talky days. Like that, okay. that interesting transition from like the artist. Yeah, that that kind of you know end end era Buster Keaton uh-huh. into kind of Laurel and Hardy sort of period where we're we're, we're getting singing and dancing in films. Yep. We're getting some. We're getting words, but we're we're staying as well with the traditional uh, building of the gag as a physical. Uh-huh. It's a visual, visual medium. Um, there's going to be it's going to be in the woods, but. 
there's going to, of course, be a kind of um, tension because we want to get an environmental narrative in there about they're expanding the cities into Bigfoot no. territories. But of course, like it's slapstick comedy. We're not going to play too seriously. With okay. It. Largely, I think we just get someone who's really fat because fat people. In film, they are. They're, they're the funniest. They're ones so there funny. Are. Yeah. That's what I've read. And if you make someone, if you make a character fat, then you know both that it's that they're either stupid or evil. Ah, uh, evil as well, or both, maybe. Yeah, because like the fat controller. Well, he's he's, he's the he's picture of evil. Yeah, uh, Kingpin. Mm-hmm. King DDD. Horrific. Hugely evil man. Or Penguin. like um, Fat Thor in the new Avengers. Okay, film. well I haven't seen that. Oh, don't worry about it. But he's just fat. Okay, for a bit. interesting. Like, don't worry about that. Or just you know, I mean, you know, all the all the funny. So who are we thinking? Who are we casting? Oh, anyone. Maybe we could ask uh, Andy Serkis to to change his body well beyond his rage lot. again. Maybe, really? maybe we get um, Christian Bale in. What if Serkis plays the paunch? So he we could get, do that. We get him playing a character and then mo-capping. And that way we don't have to give it any heft. lines. No, no, there'd be no, there'd be a lot of jiggling about, mm. but very little in the way of speech. Um, so yeah, so they're playing like I don't know some town. It would have to like, be like an oil, an oil man. Yeah, and he's I'm thinking a very oily, like an oil man. Yeah, an oil man he's and an oil man, oil. oil space man and an oil hyphen man. And he's he's got to be very sweaty. Well, that comes by that saying with the oil. Absolutely. And um, I want him, he's got to have an <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about him. His accent's got to be very funny. Oh, yeah. German. He speaks with a little German, a, lisp. a German lisp, yeah. high-pitched girl's voice. Oh, mine, oil man. Yeah, like that kind of thing. That that was just uh, a raw take. Yeah. I, I haven't practiced that. No. Uh, have oh, you not? Mine, mine, oil man, where is the big foot? Yeah, like that is, kind of... You forgot the... Where is the big foot? Yeah, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, what about this? The big foot? He can't say it properly. Uh, like, he, puts uh, the, he puts the stress on big rather than foot. The big foot. Mm, I don't like no. that. Or maybe they're equally big on both foot. the big foot. Maybe he changes it a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, It's kind of like Steve Martin's turn in the Pink Panther. Fantastic. The funniest film That's kind of the energy that we're going for. A film that I've seen once and laughed at more times than I'd ever have imagined <laughs> and refused to see again because I'm certain it's bad. Yeah, well, uh, I don't want to be disavowed of the worry. notion that it's, it's the best you know comedy you're right. it, of the 2000s. It nothing, <laughs> nothing before or since. I think I was very drunk. Has even it. Come Honestly, close. it was like 2am and it made me laugh so No, much. it's just, it's so stupid, it's funny. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking that's the kind of energy we're going for. Is it, so it's cutting between, and correct me if I'm wrong, this hyper comedic office drama of Circus's oil ink, mm-hmm. Acme Oil, for example. Yeah. And then Sorry, I didn't from just write that, that down. Acme. Yeah, yeah, get that down. Acme, AC, yeah. Um, Acme. From that, maybe oil. every other scene. O-I. O-I-L. L. Yeah. Cool. Do an exclamation mark as well. Yeah. And the, the we put in quotes, we got grease. We. We got grease. G-R-E-A. Grease. Not the country. E. Oh, yeah, you fucked it. Okay, yeah. Um, we'll oh we'll fix it in post. Great. We're cutting between this office hilarity and what I'm picturing as a kind of a you know that wistful pre-talkies slapstick where it's quite sad. The like the Charlie Chaplin, yeah, where everything's going wrong. I want that energy just to play off this light. And well, shade. you see, that is why we're getting Kubrick. Mm, well, he's a master of tone. 
Exactly. And a master of having a guy in a dog suit suck someone off in The Shining. <laughs> and also, the whole thing is lit by candles. So there's going to be a lot of health and safety stuff because you're not really allowed to do that in the woods. But which I think I think if we get it done in like a day, then, yeah. then they can't arrest you for it. But I think, yeah, we want lots of these. I want lots of shots that are taken unambiguously by a pervert lying on the floor uh-huh. looking directly up. Trying to upskirt Bigfoot. Well, yeah, why Melda? Bigfoot is just a sort of. Well, what is Bigfoot? That's one of the questions. Uh, he's a pansexual androgynous. I think being. he's a monkey. I think our Bigfoot is a monkey. He is a giant ape man or I've, ape woman. I've, I've changed my mind. I think he's a fox that walks on two legs rather than four. Uh, you seem to but be going against a lot of the chest of a, a lot kind of the um, a kind video of footage we already have. A big ripped Dwayne the Rock Johnson sort of chest on a right. fox's body and tail and, and the snout of a pig I'm thinking we might have to pig change foot. that's the title fuck done <laughs> breaking news <laughs> Mandy Patinkin a man oh, close to my heart it, I'm glad you got that quality <laughs> has been cast as oh god it's very big whatever this I'm one so is. excited the first female president <laughs> of the US of A in Quentin Tarantino, now that's a shame. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's upcoming, and here it is to complete the set. High fantasy epic. Well, already, already some of these elements are coming together. Mandy Patinkin fantasy. Uh, well, my for- name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my fat. Prepa- that's Mandy doing it. Pre- prepared to I die. I don't think he was in that film. He played um, the. Uh, no, I, don't, I think that's someone else. Um, no, I was thinking female president and fantasy. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> gamers! Roll! Nice. That it because yes. Yeah, well, it's a step too far because happen, yeah. you can't have. Um, it's a all. It's leader. fine. Like the vote, you can't have woman leader because we've. I'd we, love to. We've had two, but they were they, both. They but couldn't couldn't do it. Couldn't they, handle it. They're not gamers at heart. Two. They don't know how to micromanage their inventories. Too emotional. They don't know how to min max the stamina meter, and they have to miss a week a month. A forward air is. Antithesis to the anathema to these female to the female experience, yeah. Um, Quentin Tarantino and women shouldn't mix, and that's why we cast Mandy, a man (laughs) with a woman's first name traditionally, although his name is Mandel, I think, uh, but known as Mandy, and such a versatile actor that he will be able to fool Quentin Tarantino, foot pervert, into thinking that he is a beautiful, talented and intelligent first female pres of high fantasy So USA. you seem to have made a judgment there that a woman president would have to be beautiful. Beautiful inside. All presidents beautiful inside. Oh, hideous on the outside. The office itself is a thing of beauty. You just look at shape. it today. No, I don't mean the office of the room. I mean, oh, the, office, mean the office, the, the position. The, the, yeah, the idea. To hold the office is a beautiful thing. And it's because of people like Mandy and their commitment to the public good that we're able to live the life we are. He's, oh. He is leader of the free world. It, yes, she. Yeah. She is leader of the free world. Yeah. Now, one ambiguity that I'd really like us to play with, because it's in these grey spaces that you really find some of the best things in the world. Well, obviously. Is the fact that we've got this high fantasy epic in what appears to be a kind of grounded reality when it says president of the USA. Mm -hmm. What if we make USA stand for something utterly different? Uh, Yeah, the ultra spooky alliance. Absolutely, it's that. (laughs) Okay, yeah. First feet, so previously a very male-dominated hegemony kind of place. Mm -hmm. Um, 
now the ultra spooky alliance is seeking to branch out because this is the cool this is the great thing about misogyny is that it's across all cultures and fictions even ghosts well yeah especially probably especially because they're all from the past yeah and they're always murdering you unless you are a virgin in which case they say v for last and then fuck you that is the plot of every film that i've seen so mandy patinkin and tarantino is a beautiful virgin um Okay, On sure. the inside. This does sound like a Tarantino film. He's mm. going to have no dialogue. No lines at all. <laughs> I want to be clear does about this. does not speak. <laughs> He's filmed only from the ankles down. The ankles down times. or the tits up. Uh, yeah. But stopping at the neck. Yeah, because above the neck, there's nothing to see there. There's no, well, nothing not, to see or hear. There's no, there's for, no speaking. For Quentin, yeah. um, very normal and well-adjusted man that he is. Mm. I, I wonder how this film came about because it's an unusual confabulation of, of parts. Where did Mandy and Quentin meet? How did the idea of this high fantasy ghost epic come into fruition? Well, basically, um, Quentin was lined up to do a spin-off Criminal Minds movie in which Mandy oh. was going to be coming back. Oh, I didn't know he was in Criminal Minds. Yeah, he was He was like the head guy in Criminal Minds really? for the first few series. Interesting. Um, he does have a great authority about him. He does. Which and is why the president is... Wisdom. Absolutely, yeah, very wise. Uh, so, and very sad eyes. He can have some very sad eyes and voice, and he can sing like no one's business. So, we'll he be doesn't using that. sing. He in will the only film, sing. In he the film. cannot. Well, he hasn't got any lines. No, no, no. Not in the film. It's not diegetic singing. It will be him doing the soundtrack. But every second of the film is vocally scored right. as if a kind of internal monologue. There's no, we're like not going to give him any tune. No. Or instruments. It will no, just be. It would just be, yeah. And there was me with a ghosty. <laughs> or three. <laughs> For 98 to 104 minutes, depending on the cut. Problem was, it turned out that everyone who watched Criminal Minds who wasn't my sister is now dead. Or problem, I say solution, they can play some of the ghosts. Uh, no, yeah, no, no. Well, what I'm saying is that that's why... They couldn't then get the funding. I see. But they, the, uh, the the like plot of the movie was going to be about this guy who um, is hallucinating uh-huh. all of these like werewolves and ghosts and vampires. And Mandy and Quentin had already put so much money into buying all of the, the kit. costume and the kit, the fancy hide. dress. They call it fancy dress. In yeah, they bought all the fancy dress, and so they. Uh, they decided to kind of just re just shift the story a little bit well, out can't... of the out of the like mind bureau yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. into the office of the president they probably would have been able to take a lot of the fancy dress back but quentin had to try everything on and mandy was sitting there saying quentin no don't stop quentin please he could have he was but, going to intervene but he saw an opportunity yeah he saw an opportunity for art yeah and for activism and thank god he did because i i, I don't want to miss this movie absolutely not well, what's it called by the way uh it's called if ghosts could screech if ghosts could screech a play on the idea that women in politics women in power are are shrill yeah (laughs) that's a very common adjective used to describe them yeah well they do well as a gamer i find women are upsetting and let's just leave it at that that. yeah Yeah. um breaking news guys yeah uh boris karloff (laughs) (laughs) a A name i haven't heard in a real while uh a giant both in real life yeah well not now because he is dead Uh, i think no. Is he not? You're going to like this, though. He's back. He's back. Yeah, yeah. Like Just like Stanley. Mm. Yeah, so breaking news. Boris Karloff has been cast as Richard Nixon. Oh, wow. Which works. 
in a way there's there's a monstrous overlap but i don't think a physical one necessarily in yorgos lanthimos's wow this is the best film ever made so far uh don't ruin it with the genre sci-fi franchise (laughs) for (laughs) i have almost nothing to say about this no there's almost nothing to ask is there Um, carloff as nixon like i say it would be it would be so well received because everyone would be like physically no resemblance really to speak of. apart from both being just like when they're in that makeup a little bit kind of repulsive yeah but i think karloff the stature of karloff nixon i think of as a very squat perpetually <laughs> bending over i am mother crook weighed down by all the lies well exactly you've been doing some stellar <laughs> impressions today let me Thank just you. say absolutely i do an uh ian mckellar i won't be doing it today but if if ian were to come out of any of these he's parts, not going to I, I, i'll just i, I did let make, me just i did make sure okay well no worries i guess Purpose. next time next time right, Alan Rickman as well I do a good no he's not unfortunate oh. unfortunate yeah. um, so Karloff whilst physically much more imposing a figure than, than Nixon maybe more of a, an LBJ in terms <laughs> of physical type yeah I think what people would latch onto and by people I mean the critics you. the film critics out there like me thank yeah. you for recognising that right. they would say the idea of taking someone famous for portraying some of history's biggest monsters Frankenstein ghosts is portraying the most is portraying monstrous a a man who really took what we were talking about before mandy patinkin's beautiful office as president of the usa and just fucked it into the ground he did do paving the way for some of the the great denigrations of authority yet to come Mm. i think they'd be interested in that collision of ideas and physical statuses and for Um, that reason lanthimos is a natural choice because he loves playing with that sense of duality he does now his films uh, the characters in them speak uh, or they tend to speak in quite a sort of sociopathic uh, almost detached yeah, sense they speak like Rachel Weisz speaks in every film even if it's not Yorgos Lanthimos apart from like. 1999's groundbreaking action family thriller The Mummy uh, I didn't remember her in The Mummy because for me Brendan has the whole screen obviously yeah um, so that stilted kind of uh, deadpan dialogue lends itself, I think, well to a Nixon biopic. Is that what we're Will saying? Will Carl... Uh, no, it's a sci-fi franchise. Sorry, I, I didn't <clears throat> think I specified right, that. Right, but I'm saying it's a biopic of his sci-fi no, life. No, wrong. Um, but what what I'm saying is... what A question I want to know is, is he going to be doing the voice? Or is he just He's doing, doing his own? Yeah, okay. Yeah, let's leave it at that. Because for, for me and for Yorgos... Um, Triviality is such a performance. Will he be doing an accent? And if so, which one? Yes, he will be doing an accent. And it will change depending on the scene. The planet. Odd-numbered scenes. He'll be doing an accent of Boris's own creation, which <laughs> which he considers a kind of tribute to his pan-European heritage. And he has been waiting nearly a century to Absolutely debut on has. the screen. <laughs> and then in, in the even-numbered It's scenes, interesting because even back in the 30s, he was not by law allowed to. Like, to they speak. were like... To, to to use this accent yeah. they were like you if you do well it was going to start another yeah. great war yeah and they just had the war to end all oh, little me. did they know it was going to happen anyway he may as well have got up and done it even numbered scenes it's a pirate voice it's speaking to because the villainy he was a crook yeah and who's the bigger crook than than the high seas 
Steelers. Absolutely no one. No one. Apart all. from Ted Cruz's uh, prophecy of the space pirates, of course. Mm, okay. But that is going to be something of a theme, I think, in the sci-fi franchise. What's Nixon doing in space if it isn't Futurama? And how do we take that property out of the listeners, the, the viewer's mind, so that it doesn't seem derivative? Uh, well, first of all, he is going to have a body. Well, he did have a body. It was just only the head of the body. Yeah, no, but he's going to have saying, the rest of it. And not the head. The, so the it's head, the inverse. The head will be there. But not attached. But here's what it is, is that he has a human body, but a new robo head. A mouse's head. Of a mouse, yeah. That's I, really I, interesting. I didn't specify because I thought that one was obvious. And that's a statement on courage. Yes. Because what he's a squeaky bitch. Isn't he? Nixon. Yeah, that is that. That says the, on Wikipedia. That's the, that's the name of the franchise. Richard Nixon, squeaky bitch. The, the squeaky bitch. Yeah. Saga. Uh, saga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. One we more. Got, we got one more each. Okay. That's I actually have, cannot remember what the fuck it is. Breaking happened. news. <laughs> Idris Elba. Great actor. Fantastic. What a presence he has. He's doing something at the Young Vic soon. I'm is really he? See. Very powerful. Has been cast as the Riddler. Ah. P. Uzzle himself <laughs> in famous acclaimed director uh, you remember his name that's right it's female Lynn Ramsey <laughs> in Lynn Ramsey's upcoming oh, I want to see this film gritty superhero movie wow well three of these in fact all of them are just fine they go together like that is just I'm afraid we've made film. the best film ever what would be really interesting about that is that the Riddler a character about whom I know nothing other than friends his like name, me, Mark, <laughs> chasing his green car around for 50 <laughs> yeah. hours in the Batman game. A character who in every incarnation I've ever encountered flouts the very concept of a riddle and seems to think that the only way to really test someone's intellect is to just hide shit yeah. and see if they can find it based on no clues. I think if Lynn, a very intelligent, a fiercely intelligent director, yeah. brings it back to a very psychological drama where Idris Elba, a powerful physical presence, a man who in many of his roles is punching and fighting, uh, Future James Bond, of course. Well, yeah, inevitable. Yeah, it's it's bound to happen. And I'm it? looking. I There's going to be no backlash. I can't wait for the day. There hasn't been so far. No, the the, the British public they're, want they're to see more it. than ready for it. As we're going to see in tonight's lo- uh, <laughs> European <laughs> elections, yeah. the British public are post racial. Yeah. yeah, they don't they don't see they don't see color, color or villainy. No, when it comes to superhero villains. Um, what I'm liking though is this idea of a very powerful physical man. But he chooses to confine oh, his antics I'm to so the intellectual realm. That he knows he could beat the Batman in a fight. Yeah, but easily. he chooses not to because there's a victory so profoundly satisfying in it. He can taste it. And he knows that that is a better way to cuck the Batman. Yeah, yeah. Which is obviously the goal of any villain in yeah. Gotham. Is and that's why the Penguin them. always fail. Yeah. <laughs> Just wasn't working out for him. Mr. Freeze as well. Yeah. Just didn't have the look. Um, So, uh, I mean, this is pretty much settled, I think. When it says gritty, now, obviously Luther... What I mean is, in his day job, he works... A cam girl. For a kind of... No, I was literally going to just say he sells, like, sand and Uh, stuff. Oh, he grits the roads. Yeah. So that's an an idea of, like, the way in which the state... And he, like, plans Commodifies... He plans routes to draw shapes, like a sort of non-verbal reasoning exam. Ah. And the Batman has to take these pictures from the sky and and decode it. That's interesting. 
And then presumably the Batman quite easily follow that trail back to the Riddler's cottage. No, no. Where no. he'll have set up a great deal of riddling traps. Oh, yes, and, yes, and yes. Puzzles. I thought you meant like he'll just be cooking the Batman and be like, like, you're under arrest. 2018 or 19's escape room. Now, you didn't speak an awful lot about that on the podcast, but well, it was I because it was the best film I've ever seen. Is and I had that he did say. say that, and uh, and he hasn't stopped talking about it since. It's honestly the the apotheosis of. Sin. He's written to the director. He wants to uh, to star in the. Oh, sequel. I need to be in it. I will be. In it. <laughs> I'm making it. That's done. What is it? What's it going to be called? Is it's it, going to be it's called one word title Riddler with no e, because it's Riddler. about apps and he's the gay. real villain. <laughs> Riddle me this, Final. bats. <laughs> okay, final, final one. Breaking, breaking news. news. <laughs> Although at this point, the people are probably like muted to it. Like it's like, oh, what's that? Yeah, P Diddy's going to be playing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not ending that sentence. That's for the best. Olivia Coleman. Wow, Collie has just been cast. Did you know that she goes by Collie? As how does that make you feel? Postman Pat. Ah, Pat, now short for Patricia, one assumes. No. Interesting. In Christopher Nolan's <sighs> upcoming... Mind-bending box office slam. Supernatural horror. Wow. That's really cool, the idea of Postman Pat as a horror. And it, for some a reason... A supernatural horror. Well, it ties such a perfect bow around the episode because we started with supernatural post-horror and we're ending with ashes to ashes post to post here we are again with collie as i didn't know if i mentioned her friends do call her i don't collie. recall um they do yeah they do tend to call her so, Coleman, oh my goodness collie she's now inhabiting a postman pat who either is or is haunted by a supernatural villain i'm thinking it's revealed that he is some kind of timeless being. I can see that. I really can. That because he's been a, a postman. What are they? They're fundamentally a deliverer of information, and that's quite a. It's a tale as old as time. Well, and they're nomads, they harking nomads. back to the earliest days of because humanity. Because no postman's allowed to do the same route twice. No, and they're not allowed to have a home. That's true. They have to live in the. the well, they are allowed to have one, but they can't afford to buy one. Well, and also they can't stay in it for more than a day at a time because they'll be off to the next town to do the next to post deliver their post on a constant kind of sick rotation carnival ride yeah and well they and they have a hive mind yes so that they know where all the post is in each that's why sometimes town. you're talking to the postman and they glaze over and start dribbling and you wonder if they're okay but they're just receiving a communique and you've often wondered if that was because you were topless yeah that does inspire that effect sometimes um but it turned out not to be the case here. Oh, okay, I see. Olivia Coleman is versatile, granted. Um, Oscar winning, also the case. She brings a real pathos to any role. She's got sad eyes, yeah. But she can cry funny. She can cry funny, and that's that's going to be big in the supernatural it's gonna be, horror It's going to be how we achieve the real peaks and troughs, going from this, you know, sad eyes I'm to funny crying. Here. Okay. Someone is sending a haunted doll. Maybe it's the Annabelle doll, and maybe we tie into that, I think, James Wan conjuring universe. Right. Uh, just because there's a kind of religion based around people who will go and see any film related to the conjuring, even so tangentially that it's in a different country time period and about a different ghost. Yeah. Um, so maybe we get some of their money and get those eyeballs on That board. sounds easy. Uh, someone's sending Annabelle off to Borstal, Doll Borstal, where it's like a home for evil Imaginary dolls. Imaginary evil dolls that, need to that be, are very real. That need to be kind of whipped into shape, and that is a literal whip. 
and we'll take up a very harrowing early scene in the kind of imagination of Pat. Okay, and that takes place in Pat's own home. Maybe it's like it was Pat's last route. He's done all of the towns on Earth. Okay. And that's... 99% And you come back to your own hometown. You deliver the post there one one final time. Exactly. It's a classic horror trope. Um, But then if Pat's also a villain... And Annabelle, definitely a villain. Then maybe oh, we've got think, a buddy movie. No, I hands. don't think Pat is a villain. Oh, you've changed, you've yeah, I've changed, changed the mind. Sixpence, <clears throat> yeah. So Pat is the innocent uh, everyman kind of figure. Exactly. Which absolutely Olivia Common can bring to the role. She's she's so relatable. We watched that Oscar speech in our millions. And first person <sighs> she's to... people's princess. To say the word cuck in an Oscar speech incredible really interesting groundbreaking that's a glass ceiling no one you needed break absolutely and some have hurried to have repaired she in fact i think is the uh correct me if i'm wrong she's the only woman Uh to get the uh gamer seal of approval she is yeah she's well it's not the only one it's one of one of a only a handful is there a can you who's uh zero suit samus from Oh, I sorry, I meant living currently. Yeah, she is alive in in, in the Smash verse. Yeah. No, but I meant in this verse. Well, there's an amiibo of her as well. So. Oh, okay. Sorry, my mistake. There's there. a body pillow. What more do you need? Okay. Um. So Coleman as Pat, just trying to get through the day. I think the energy we want to bring is is a tired. I've done my bit, and now it's time to just hang it up. And the final, I think we're going to have a score from. Johnny Greenwood or someone like that. Okay. A very kind of simple stripped back, but a score that keeps you guessing with a, a certain level of ennui. What about a kind throughout. of... What if it's, you know, Pat's come back from this... Pat's you know, back. Lifetime. Could be a good, yeah. That, put that down. <clears throat> title, Pat, maybe. sorry. I'm just going to... P and then the at sign because it's digital. Yeah. Because he's delivering an email. That looks like pass back. Yes, it, it will. <laughs> okay. Do you think there's going to be... A, There'll I, be no problem with that. Um, so what I'm thinking is Pat has been on this kind of like universal tour. Yeah. And is just coming back to the end. Is expecting a huge like warm welcome, like banners, maybe a street party in that depressing kind Middle of England village that he, that he lives in. And he gets back and like, he doesn't really recognize anyone because they've all, it's like well, quite twin peaksy. They're either dead or they've been corrupted by some kind of evil energy that's coming from the doll. Maybe, ball can we have a sense that, um, they're becoming dolls? Yes. Well, yes. Perhaps we could have that. Yes. Yes. Where um, Pat's engaging in a kind of postal transaction, I really like really trying to put the effort in because yeah. Pat's back. Pat's back to deliver, and he says that as he, he hands over the post, door. and the person who forces himself it, into their home, <laughs> <laughs> the person who's taking it, their hand just drops like straight to the floor, and they're kind of like limp mm. before pulling themselves back up, and you can kind of almost hear the clockwork. That's clockwork, like the sort of Stepford Post. Yeah, very much like that. Um, but I'm thinking that he's like quite depressed. Uh, he's quite troubled. Um, he's by seen this. too much, hasn't he? Yeah, and Already. he's he like feels really let down by the people of is it Greendale I've where he lives? No I fucking clue. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure my mum. If won't. you don't know Postman Pat, I don't know how well he translated out of the UK. He's uh, a cartoon postman, and we're going to have to get onto the prosthetics in a minute because that is going to well, be he's troubling. Got a triangle for a face, <laughs> not in the way you'd hope. Not not even a triangle. It is just it's a, a sort of rounded. cylinder with an enormous fucking nose coming yeah. out of it, on top of which balances a pair a of nonce glasses. Yes, true. Um, but what I'm thinking is, yeah, he's like, oh, this is, I'm too old for this shit kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I think Coleman can really like play with that line. Um, yeah. 
And well, maybe we can have that line in every scene so that she just has enough time to kind of mise her way through a different And there could be one... Time. There could be one where it's like uh, an incontinence joke. Maybe she's like in the bathroom. Nice. Because like, yeah. it, it's all about light and shade, isn't it? Exactly. Peaks and troughs of yeah. tension. Yeah, that's what I always say. And that is a peak. Because well, you because you don't know where it's coming <laughs> no. from. No. Um, but he, he then is like, oh, he realises what's going on. And he's the last person in this village. And he's like, got a, he's got, a, even though he is too old for this shit, he's got a act like he isn't and yeah. save the day and he's got a bad back pat's back that yeah. can be like a real Chekhov's gun because we know the camera is always following his spine around I think that we could I think that we could maybe like maybe attribute this to Chekhov like it could be well it's basically Chekhov's pat's back it's basically just the plot of Cherry Orchard but with haunted dolls postman and horrid doll villages didn't he write a, a play about dolls anyway um, maybe. Yeah. I can't think of Doll's House. Yeah. Is that Chekhov? I think, is it? Yeah. I mean, we both do think. Yeah. <laughs> we both. It's either Chekhov or Ibsen. We were probably in it. Oh, yeah, I think it could be Ibsen. I think it could be Ibsen. Yeah. But they're the Bad same luck. person. Well, yeah, they wrote yeah. the same plays. Yeah. Over and over again. Um, <clears throat> so what I'm thinking is we attribute it to Chekhov either way. Um, Pat's back. But I, I, I'm going to throw this out there. No happy ending. No happy Well... If it's Nolan, I think the end has got to be ambiguous. Yeah, it's well, got to be unclear where we're going to get a lot of bwams, whether it's sad or very sad. We're going to get a lot of bwams in there. Yeah, every single post going through a, a letterbox that would be really cool. Yeah, hence and uh, maybe Pat can make those in the scene, showing a kind of awareness that the viewers there. Uh, kind of winked the audience from Nolan. Yeah, a fourth wall break because Nolan loves to play metatextual games. Jonathan's loves. script, uh, I think that's just a given. Okay. Given it's a Christopher yeah, Nolan I guess film. So. Um, and I, I'm thinking that it's going to be, I mean, probably because his own film didn't go all that well. I think Wally Fister's back. Yeah, fair. Doing the. Well, that's going to be powerful. Exactly. I Those... think I remember correctly, Wally Fister started in uh, porn. I think he started, I think this is true. And as you well. think he should end? Uh, what I'm saying is. <laughs> Here. A great way to. You don't want to waste Coleman. No, a great way to kind of break our expectations about this let's be honest tired doll post genre (laughs) is to throw in some egregious unsimulated fuck scenes and i'm i'm going to throw this in as well um the rest of the film is animated like the original kind of like stop motion-esque yeah a bit of Coraline to it yeah on the edges Um, but the sex scene is just well it's just unfiltered people yeah and the elephant in the room jess the cat watching well I think directing in the scene. Mm, okay. It's meta filming. Uh, uh, so like a close up, but a paw comes in and just pushes a hand up to caress <laughs> yeah. a jowl. Yeah. And you a know, wayward breast. It, there's just some like vague meowing and they're like looking around for direction. And Jess is there just salivating because yeah. the doll's got to Jess in a hot way. Yeah. In a fuck way. Yeah. And we leave it maybe, it's like, it's, it's definitely not a happy ending. What's the totem moment then? What's the, Close up on the totem. Is it in Pat's head? I think um, it's maybe the zooming in on the doll. I've got it. Oh, okay. The final shot is the letter on our balcony. We just zoom in on it and the credits start to come back. And then a pigeon shits on it. (laughs) But no, it would be like uh, a really somber ending. And maybe the final shot is Pat like looking off over the desolate, funk ridden, hell that has become that he's fucked his way through yeah, left right and center 
and or in shot the whole time is this white envelope but we're focusing on pat and the yeah. music swells and swells and cut to black but we zoom, we come back you know like the end of the shining yeah where we just have that really slow zoom on the picture of jack being there since time in memoriam mm-hmm. i think the same thing here with some weird kind of wistful but slightly upbeat swing or jazz like i'm thinking that si tu vois ma mère song it would be a nice like, like that zooming in on it and then it gets right up close to the very end and instead of flat one three guardian avenue to be continued because pat's back too this time it's more pat done well there we have it guys if Cinema. Hollywood wants to get in touch, it's Tass at Shamebox City. Cinema for the next uh, decade, I think, there. Planned out. Done. Planned out. And in the same, you know, it's one of those time travel paradoxes. These things were all going to happen anyway. But is it because we said them or did we say them because they were going to happen? And I can tell you that in court, it will be that <laughs> well, these were stolen. <laughs> I've edited my half of the audio out. Oh, okay, that's fair enough. It's much of a monologue for the grand scheme of things. We've got, speaking of monologues, great ways for you guys to avoid this show devolving into one big, long Isaac and Declan fest. Declan writing my full name now in a very freaky way on a piece of paper. With the double S, of course. Lovely. Really glad to see that. Um... One such way is email, tass at shame.city. We love to hear from you. How would you feel about Postman Pat fucking your dolls or maybe any stuffed toy from your childhood? How would you feel about seeing Idris Elba riddle his way through yet another career-defining performance? Let us know. Tass at shame.city. Our inbox is always open to queries, advice. If you found something you think would tickle Declan's interest bone, then send it over to him via the same form. You can do so on the website, shame.city slash contact as well. Twitter, Declan. God, there's Twitter, isn't there? At That's a Shamecast is a way to reach the show. As soon as the episode's posted, I will be replying to the official tweet with pictures of the haunted ghost post. Lovely. uh, Which was surely an episode title. Haunted ghost post, maybe. Haunted ghost post and Pat's back. Um, I will be replying to it with that picture. You can make some judgments for yourself. Uh-huh. Maybe you, you, maybe you think this whole maybe thing's a false flag. Maybe we've missed a clue. Maybe there's something so obvious, like a big. Maybe if we look now, there's just a hand. There's just a guy. He's up, just sat there putting posts. It's, up. Po- it's Olivia. There yeah, she is. Collie, we call her. Uh, yeah, to her friends. I, um, as uh, well as our show Twitter, we've got individual Twitter, Twitters yeah. at Isaac BD for yeah. Isaac at De Delane yeah. for myself. Why not follow Declan on the gram on the IG? Where he won't stop posting his daily progress. <laughs> I haven't selfies. posted something since the old <laughs> king was alive. <laughs> That's at Declan Delane, I think, probably. Uh, yeah, maybe. why not? Get over there. Check out his his great posts. What um, are you? You're on there as well. No, you I'm actually not on do post. No, I'm not on there. I'll make sure to link it. In One the show of notes. the other things about this show is that we are floundering in the mire when it comes to reviews. Because, sure, we've had mostly five-star reports for our entire life, but... On the other hand, they were all given a maximum of two years ago. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't feel good in our souls and spirits. No. So shame.city slash review or reviews, and it's linked to in the fucking show notes. You're welcome. I want to um, just make a point that um, I think that some people are suffering from what I like to call uh, German homework syndrome when okay. it comes to reviews. Go on. Which is, uh, it's actually bit of a misnomer because it could apply to any homework really okay but specifically in uh, in german a lot of people would use the excuse 
for not having done the homework that was say right about what you did at the weekend uh-huh. by saying oh, I didn't really do anything this weekend so I didn't uh, have anything to write okay. about or like it was like you know write about your siblings as like oh well I'm an only child so yeah. I didn't do it and as every language teacher that I ever had used to say is it doesn't fucking matter make it the fuck up yeah and I think that a lot of people are worried that if they were to leave a review they would have to report some of the crime that goes on here week by week and well I'm don't worry guys because I've not heard any of that and and, and I yeah. listen out I keep a right ear and open for that. even if it is the case that somehow you have maybe there's like a corruption on your recording or something um that causes that well it's deep fakes then yeah and feel free to just uh just say that it's really good anyway yeah absolutely and and that's with five, five stars, stars traditionally yeah, uh, last but not least is... Is it last but not least? No, two more things. There's a Discord. Uh, I'm gonna three be, more things. I'm going to be posting a Spotify playlist in there later that for a friend of the show, up. Kangaroo. So if you want to... Maybe you'll link it to the gram as well, just so that all the followers I'll that are followed there... I'll pop it straight on the gram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that's can't good. stop. Discord.com slash shame... No, shame.city slash Discord. Yeah. Fucking never, ever get that right. <laughs> Patreon, if you've got a dollar to spare and you like to support us with our single high beam light that oh, we have set goodness up here, me. Then I'm blind in the left eye. Excellent. No depth. Glad to hear. All. Patreon.com slash shame city is the place. You get some good perks. I'll be posting the penultimate for the month quick fire tomorrow. Already Incredible. recorded. And here's a little clue for you. It's one for the gamers. It's about Team Sonic Racing. Oh. Very lucky guys indeed. Last but not least, and I want to stress that enough, not. In least. fact, last but most, I think. Yeah. Uh, Word of mouth is the best of mouth. It's the best of the mouth. Always has been. Yeah. Always will be. Always will be. And you can take that to the bank. Tell a friend. Tell an elderly relative. Tell a young relative. Tell a cousin that you're not quite sure if it would be appropriate to ask out on a date, depending on where you're from. Tell Maybe they're a second or third cousin and you're unsure about the legality. My rule personally, if there's blood, keep him in the mud. And by the mud, I mean away from you at the end of the garden. Mm. But that's up up for grabs, isn't it? That's That actually, he doesn't mean like if you share any blood, he just means he will not date someone if, if they have blood. blood. Yeah, it's <laughs> they a can't strict be robo He can only. barely get by with his own. Yeah. Um, tell, her, tell someone about the show, won't you? Because God knows we don't do it. So <laughs> someone should. <laughs> Someone's got to spread the good Until word. Until episode 145, which I'm sorry to say, uh, this one won't be for the gamers. It will actually be for, it will be quite anti-gamer. Okay, that's good. Because, because it's about balance. Here. Yeah, and it's made me sick. To At the DBC. Um, I've been Isaac. You've been. I've been Declan. Keep on rising up. Necessities, simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strides. I mean the bare necessities, oh Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you 
the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. I mean the bare necessities, old Mother Nature's recipes that bring the bare necessities of life. Wherever I wander, wherever I, wander, wherever I, roam, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder, couldn't be fonder my, new home. my new home. The bees are buzzing in the tree to make some honey just for me. The bare necessities of life will come to you. Come to you